0: Welcome to the Iowa Agronomy Update, where we talk all things agronomics. I'm your host, Brent Schwinnaker, and this podcast is brought to you by ASGRO DeKalb Brand Seeds. Hey everyone, and welcome to a new edition of the Iowa Agronomy Update. Uh, we've got uh, a kind of hot topic here that we're staring at here. On uh, May 10th, and uh, we've uh, we've kind of had a, a few days here to to catch our breath. It's it's been a wild uh, kind of wild spring here so far. We've had kind of the extremes uh, so far, and, and our topic for today uh, is really going to be around the uh, the Roundup Extend uh, system. Uh, we uh, talk about quite a bit with our new soybean technology. And to bring us up to speed with that, we've got uh, John Swalwell, obvious friend of the podcast from Southwest Iowa. Hey, John, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. How are you today, Brent? Great. It's a nice day. It's sunshine in here, so that's a good yeah, thing.
0: it's a. We haven't seen that sun in a while, so it's good to good to see it still exists. So, and we got a new friend uh, to the podcast. We've got.
2: Oh, hey, John, how are you today? Good, Brent. Good. Everything's great here in Central Good. Iowa. Good.
0: Hey, so John, John's a, probably our uh, resident uh, chemistry account manager here in South Central Iowa and covers a number of, of accounts here. And, and John, how many, how many years have you been floating around doing this now? You've been around longer than I have. I know that.
2: Yeah, I've been uh, with Monsanto since 1997. Great. So covering uh, my area is everything south of Highway 30 and west of Interstate 35 in Iowa, and then I get down I-80 east just a little okay. bit. also.
0: yeah. So I've known known both of these guys a long time, and these guys are, are great at what the what we're going to talk about today. And really, if you if we think about the where we're at in the planting cycle here, and and kind of where we're at, we're we're sitting all over the board, right? So we've got. We've got a number of guys that are done. We've got a number of guys that are half done and a number of guys that are probably, probably got one crop done and going to start the other this weekend, whenever it dries up. And really that it's a difference this year that we're seeing more and more uh, come into play is that crop that's done versus the crop that's going to start is kind of reversed roles. So a number of guys that are done with beans and, and going to start with corn or, or they're half done with beans and they're half done with corn or they started with both. And I think there were, you know, John Swalwell, maybe you can touch on this. There were a lot of factors that, that played into those decisions. I think fertilizer timing and, and a lot of that played into that, but, you know, just give us a, a general idea of what we saw kind of through the territory is beans first and getting started while they are putting in hydroson or how that all played out.
1: Well, it's just like you said, Brent, um, it's all over the board. Uh, the last time we talked in our podcast, you know, the biggest thing on people's minds was there was snow on the ground. We don't have any ammonia on the ground. Things aren't going to straighten up quickly. It's going to be awful when we're going to get our corn planted. We did get, for the most part, a nice bunch of work done. Um, and actually, if you would calculate the number of acres of corn and beans that are in the ground, for this date, if you would have tried to tell people that two months ago, that we'd be that far along, they probably wouldn't have believed you. But what it's resulted in is, people just did what they could. And in some cases, you didn't have any ammonia on, so the the some of the forces went out to try and get ammonia on the ground. Um, a lot of guys might have pulled bean planter out of the shed, so they were doing something while they were waiting to plant corn. So we have not only a huge kind of divergence in what people have done the one ubiquitous thing whether it's a large farm operation or ag retail organization is when we had all this manpower devoted for fertilizer and planting operations not many people were spraying um so there are uh, a lot of beans in the ground or about to go to the ground that have no pre's on them there's a lot of naked corn out there so yeah we focused all our efforts on those fertilizer and planting operations we got a lot done but there was kind of a cost. And that cost is that really there weren't a lot of people concentrating on weed control over the last two weeks that we've been getting some stuff done. Yeah.
0: And, you know, fortunately, the, we haven't had a lot of heat to, to really spike a, a huge uh, outbreak on us. but I sense that's what's up next for us next week. Right. And so, Um, I think you touched on, you know, either beans are in the ground and naked or corn that's in the ground that's naked, or I think, I think probably one of the, the biggest scenarios is probably going to be, um, beans that are going to go in this weekend and the ground pre hasn't been on what's, what's the best case scenario for me to, you know, if I'm going to stack residuals up here through this, through the season, what can I get uh, on the ground for broadleaf control that I don't have to wait a week to, to plant my beans. Uh, And so really, you know, maybe John von felt, you know, touch just a little bit on why that benefit is so big in this roundup extend system.
2: Right. Yeah. We've got two basic situations that, most of my ag retailers are asking about, you know, they've got the guys that worked the bean ground and started clean with tillage. Um, They've planted their beans much earlier than normal because like John said, they were, you know, waiting on the anhydrous rigs to get done. So they said, I got an extra man or an extra planter. I'm going to go plant some beans. So you got the ground that's worked clean, beans are planted. And then the other hand, you got the no-till guys that just went out there and planted with some existing weeds. You know, normally we'll do a two, four D pass. And a burned down pass, but uh, nobody was available to spray, so they just went out and planted. Um uh, especially the guys that were using the extend soybean system were told, Hey, go out and plant, we can we can do something about it later. Um what we've got now is uh those guys that did the conventional till, they've got beans coming out of the ground. The guys that did the no till with no burn down, they've got beans coming out of the ground, and we're in the middle of planting more beans, like John mentioned.
0: Yep.
2: And so so the big, the big concern out there in the country right now is, hey, I've picked out my soybean pre-emerge program, whatever that may be. Um, now I've got beans coming up and I can't use certain products on emerged beans or beans that are close to emerging. So we're really we're getting a lot of questions about what are my options? What are my options for crop safety? What are my options for performance? And then obviously cost is involved in there too. People want to stick with their cost structure on their farm. And so uh, um, it's it's really kind of, been a unique situation to uh to the guys that have uh, roundup ready to extend soybeans planted because uh you can couple that system with a post-emerge residual and uh there's been a big move to the post-emerge residual market over the last couple years but in years like this is is really what it's built for Um, just because you don't get a residual product out before planting or just after planting We've got some products now in this industry that are post merger residuals, and it's a little, a little bit different for guys to, to understand the concept of I'm putting a product on over the top of weeds, but it doesn't have any contact control. Uh, that's just kind of hard for guys to say. Why am I spending that money? But if you think about it as, hey, I didn't get my pre-merge, I'm just going to spend a little of that money on the post side. It, it makes a little sense. But these post-merge products give us a lot more application flexibility when you don't get a pre on
0: Yeah, the, a lot of good, a lot of good points there, uh, John. And and you you talked about, I think led led very well into. Um, that next topic is really around you know if we get that we have that option if if those extend beans are in the ground uh then we have that option to to get them with crop safety uh with a good option with some residual here uh to get to get them clean now you talked about the next post application uh is also adding those those uh another layer of residual in give us you know what? What does that what does that package look like as far as um, a best case or you know your your top tier herbicide program for layered residual here in the post system?
2: Yeah, well, you know what we've got is especially no till is where we really see huge benefits. So if you think of a guy out there right now that's got beans coming out of the ground in a no till and he didn't get a burn down on there, you know, in years past, especially with weeds like Maristel, that would be that would be a rough situation. You know, you can't go in there with a 24D treatment, obviously, because the beans are coming up. So, something like that, uh, two or three years ago, would have been would have been a near disaster situation. Yeah. But I, I tell you what, we're, what we're doing now with these guys is is uh, there's a, still a lot of flexibility left. Guys start to get a little concerned about, boy, I've I've done something wrong here. I can't fix it. And While we don't want to make a you know make a regular use of of planting without a burn down, we'd like to burn down and then plant. When we come into years like this where we just can't do that, we've still got the flexibility. Um, and with the extend system, what we would do is basically just do the same thing we're gonna do in a burn down, just delay it. And if you were in a burn down where you, you were using a residual that you can't use over the top of the beans, you just switch that residual to something you can use over the top of the beans. And I could give you an example, you may be doing a, a sonic or an authority first or one of those products down that you know you can't do on emerged beans. Uh, now the beans are up and the weeds are up and you've got to get a, a burn down product on there and a residual. You could do something like a, uh, you can still use your, your roundup power max on there with uh, extend a max at 22 ounces and say a warrant at three to four pints. Yeah. So it's, it's basically the same program instead of just going before you plant or before the beans emerge, you're just going over the top. So really what you need to address in your program is, you know, do I have anything in my pre-emerge plans that's going to injure my beans when they come up. And if you do, you just substitute it for one of the post-emerge residuals and you're, you're going down the same road. And the beauty of it is, is, you know, that extend in that system is going to, is going to take care of your winter annual, annual troubles. And that's really, especially with Maristail, what we have to watch out for. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know, you have to make sure you've got extend beans planted. Uh, you know, those planting on those are up substantial over last year. So a lot of guys have this option, but they've never used it before. So it helps just to kind of, drill down into what that looks like
0: yeah can can you touch on
2: uh a little bit around uh the the warrant
0: uh in in this package here we've we've seen this uh included in in a post residual now you know just give us a background on that that's really taken off here over the last three or four years and something that's been a big a big help in this post-emerge residual scenario
2: yeah it it has and warrants a neat product it's a group 15 so it's in it's in the uh, amen family it's an type chemistry Uh, the difference really between uh, warrant and some of the other post-emerge grass from small seed broadleaf residuals is it's water-based and encapsulated Um, so as far as any crop safety over the top of the crop you're not putting more oil on there so you don't you don't see the speckling or the the singeing of the beans, like you maybe would with something else, but it's uh, it, it's very similar to a cedar chlora If you used harness or harness extra, uh, so the performance on grass and small seed of broadleys for us has been excellent. It's got a pretty flexible use rate. You know, three you can you can go up to eight pints a year on your beans. We'll recommend three to four with a max and power max. And uh, the encapsulation part of it is is really really kind of neat too because it spreads that residual out a little longer over the season so especially if you're a guy with wider rows um, it's something to look at but I, I think everybody's familiar with the performance of acetochlors on small seed broadleaves like a water hemp. Yeah. and that's that's one of our big benefits when we throw that in there the residual control of extendamax and warrant together is really a, a one-two punch on the water yeah. and and uh now i would remind everybody also too, you know warrant is a post emerge residual so like we spoke before. It's not a product that's going to do anything to control the weeds that are up. Um, so one thing we've done over the years with this Roundup system is you know we've fallen in the trap of spraying fields that are weedy. We want to see a lot of weeds when when, when we spray because we feel like well we're getting more up. Um, with this Extend system and post-emerge residuals like Warrant um, we're really recommending where we get back into spraying more on a, on a timing interval and don't be afraid to go out there and spray when there's no weeds. If it fits, if it fits your schedule, the schedule you set out ahead of the season. For instance, um, if we've got a guy out here right now, the beans are emerged and they're just getting in that first to growth, and he hits them with Roundup, Extendamax and Warrant. Um, you know, we're talking 14 to 22 days after that trip. You're going to come back and hit it with a similar a similar program, another shot of Roundup, Extend, Warrant or you know whatever you feel you need at that point but it's hard for guys because they say well it's clean it's not dirty i I don't need to go back out there but but really really these programs we've got now are are such that um, we can put these programs out there with the length of residual we're getting in there to where you will never see a weed the whole season yeah it's more of a preventative than it is a reactive situation. Yeah. So it's uh, it's really neat. Those two systems together in a sequential application, you will be in a situation. And I tell a lot of ag chem retailers, uh, you know, you really need to get the calendar out and say, we sprayed the first shot and burn down here. We're going to spray the second shot here. And when that day comes, you spray.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: And and of course there's, you know, we have to watch the
0: label and, and all the, the, system uh, requirements that have to go along with that. But you touched on going to the proactive versus reactive. And really, that's something that, you know, we haven't seen a, a great deal over the years before this system is really, you know, basically those burners post are, you know, has always been a reactive, you know, how tall are the weeds, how much how much flux star do you have to put in to, to burn that back, and then and then you're just taking out your your crop safety piece completely out of it, and you burn burned your beans back, and now will they will they canopy because you burned them back so much, and so that's something to also think about is that don't don't take for granted the crop safety piece of this program either. So. Absolutely. Good
1: point. excellent. That I think will be one of the challenges, though, like you said, John, is marking it on the calendar and figuring out what to do from here on out because we're delayed. Um, It was a slow warm-up. So for an effective weed control system, I I think that people will be a little bit outside of their comfort zone, that, yeah, we're going to get the sprayers across these bean acres here in the next 10 days, hopefully, and then we're going to wait and see what happens. That's not what we want to do. We want to be hitting that next trip, as quick as we can and having that plan in place. Um, and it may be two applications a lot closer together than what you would normally do in a regular year. But for what we've been presented with this year, that that may be the best program. So a um, guy's got to get this thing under control now and make a plan going forward rather than just spray it, and wait around and scout and spray whatever comes. Uh, I think that second trip needs to be thought of and ready to be executed. If we're gonna go with these overlapping residuals and, and um, make sure we get the best program out there for season long weed control, no escapes and um, resistance management.
2: No, absolutely. And, and you know, the whole overlapping residual strategy is that you uh, you prevent weeds from emerging by just layering different residuals on top of each other and and you know that that calendar is pretty important back in the days when we sprayed pursuit you know it was a 21 days after planting type treatment and and scouting is still absolutely a necessary thing to do you want to be aware of what's out there but but be flexible with that follow-up date and don't fall into the trap of saying hey i'm not going out there because there's no weeds because that first residual will run out eventually and you're having to spray, uh, uh, you know, a lot in a very short part period of time, and that's what gets tough for
1: everybody. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of times that um, you're going to go out there with a product that could kill every emerged weed and have activity on the next flush to come, but if you spray that and there's a 10-day to two-week rain-free period, there's an opportunity for weeds to get through that what is a good chemistry program, it's just that Mother Nature doesn't put all the compounds in play at the right time. Yeah, absolutely.
0: John Swalwell, you were just in a plot down at the far southern end of the state. What, what were you seeing in your plot walk this morning?
1: Well, I think that's more about, you know, what has happened with the heat, and the winter annuals have gotten some big size to them. Um, You know, pennycress, henbit are getting to some kind of scary sizes, but I think the question you were teeing up for Matt is more important, what is going to be the next things to germinate? And while I'm not a weed scientist, I would guess that if we do go look at the charts and see... That we are going to be right into the peak three or four weeks of water hemp emergence coming up as soon as we have some uh, heat on this ground. We've got the moisture. So, that's one that I mean, it germinates um, for a long window of time um, and probably one of the most important ones. So, having a good plan in place to carry us from a big push of water hemp that's gonna germinate now through. The last water hemp that germinates. That John, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, third week in June to first of July, we're still going to have a lot of stuff popping up if we've got moisture.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I I was in a no-till cornfield this morning. Corn stalks. So it's a no-till going to no-till soybeans. Nothing planted in it yet. And I was just out there looking over the, the burn down situation. There's a whole host of winter annuals out there. Every every one you can name, and they are getting up there. We've got field pennycress getting up you know eight to ten inches but uh, also this morning i observed giant ragweed common lambs quarter and there is some foxtail coming um, you know we must have had uh, a week ago where we got some pretty steady soil temperatures in the mid to upper 50s and some of that shallow uh seeded uh broadly or foxtail made it through so we do have some grass out there, but for sure, giant ragweed lambs quarters out there and starting to see a few button weeds pop through also.
0: Yeah. So a, a big week here for us uh, to get, to get ahead of that stuff, especially in that no-till, no-till country and, and really everywhere. Right. Just making sure that we, that we stand ahead, ahead of this as we get into this. So, well, guys, this is, this has been good. A lot of, a lot of talk here. Uh, you know, John Von Fell, is there anything anything else you want to touch on as far as the uh, Spray Early with Confidence program goes <laughs> or, at all or not?
2: Yeah, I just wanted to to touch on one thing and tell the group, uh, John Swalwell and I and Matt, we talked about this yesterday amongst ourselves and just kicked around. And I wanted to make everybody out there aware that uh, Bear has a program this year for for just this sort of thing with Extend Soybeans called the spray with confidence program and basically what that program is it's a it's a cost assistance program with Bayer for those growers that do do use this system and do use it by the recommendation of Bayer. you know there's always a chance and there's always a worry out there the growers say if i speed my post merge application up i'm worried that another flush of weeds will come and i'll have to do a third trip and so Bayer in the 2019 growing season has dusted off this program and, and kind of innovated this program where there's some cost assistance there if you follow our recommendations and it's it's really very simple what the recommendation is is if you're planting roundup ready to extend soybeans um, and you come in there and start clean with tillage or use a burn down and you employ a herbicide on your pre-emerge side from uh, group 3 14 or 15 um, and you do your burn down or you do do your tillage and put a group 3 14 or 15 on there And we're not getting into any specific brands on that. You know, we're pretty flexible. This is a resistance (laughs) management strategy and a time management strategy. So you pick your favorite herbicide from three, fourteen, or 15. Bear has several of them, and there's several other good ones out there. And you put those down pre-merge, and then you come back post-emerge, and what we're calling early post. So we want it in that 20 to 22 days after planting time, where you'll do a, a three to four pint rate of warrant tank mixed with 32 ounces of roundup power max or weather max and 22 ounces of Extendamax, and you'll do that in an early post program so uh, after you plant your beans we're going to want you in there within three weeks of planting. go ahead and hit that post merge so in some of these cases these beans might just be in the in the first unifoliate of growth or the first trifoliate and there may not be a lot out there like we discussed earlier on the on the program it, you know, you may be spraying some pretty clean fields, but this is the overlapping residual strategy that John Swellwell talked about a little earlier. And if you do that and you uh, get that on 20 to 22 days after you, you plant, um, if you have another flush of weeds that comes back later in the season, uh, BEAR will cost share the respray on those weeds to $10 an acre. So if you have another flush of grass come through and you need to get another quarter roundup on there, or if you've got a flush of uh, water hemp comes through and we need to get a water hemp product on there um, just to help defray the cost and keep this thing as economical as possible, uh, you talk to your local Ag Chem retailer or to your local Bear Chemistry account manager and, and we'll get you in line to where we will coach pay $10 to, to the acre with you on that. We'll come out and look at the field um, and kind of make a recommendation, but, but that's called the uh, Spray Early with Confidence from Bear. It's new for 2019. We We've never done that before, but the residual control we're getting out of extends on, on uh, the post-emerge shot, along with your post-emerge residual warrant where there's a, a pretty high confidence level within our, our tech organization that, that that's something we will not be seeing as new flushes there. And uh, you, that could change like John will mentioned, you know, you get some dry weather, there might be a window in there where something comes through, but uh, we've, we've got some help for you there. If you do have to respray the work, we tested this program the last couple of years and it's just a, uh, it's a pretty foolproof program, pretty rock solid. And, uh, it's a, it's a good recommendation and one we're going hard with this year.
0: Well, that sounds good. Especially when we tend to want to watch the economic side of this, I know from a producer side myself, I haven't been following Twitter today to see if anything has affected the markets yet today. Uh, but, Uh, any little help uh, the soybean growers can get is certainly much appreciated this year. I know that. So, or at least any, any confidence, right. And in knowing that they're covered. So that's always, always a benefit. So. Absolutely. John and John, thank you guys for, for joining in. Uh, Really appreciate the insights on, on what's going on. And, and really, to be honest, I think, you know, we talked earlier on about how much, crop we have in the ground i think you're i think we're in a territory that is pretty fortunate right so there's a lot of other territories that aren't aren't this far along but but could certainly um use the weather and then use the insights here to stay ahead of their their spraying program and system so thanks guys we'll uh we'll check back in here whenever maybe in that 21 day window right when we're getting ready to spray our next round of, of roundup extend and we'll check back in then Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Yep, thank Take you. Cool.